This is our new orphanage. It's as big as a castle. Feel free to use the house as you see fit. Mrs. Mullins and I stay down here. Your rooms are upstairs. Locked. And it stays that way. Fans are experts, movie month. It's my sixth year doing movie month. 30 movies, 30 days, 30 podcasts that you get to listen to. Fans are experts, movie month. It's my sixth year doing movie month. 30 movies, 30 days, 30 podcasts that you get to listen to. Including this one right here, but wait one more time. Fans are experts, movie month. It's my sixth year doing movie month. 30 movies, 30 days, 30 podcasts that you have the pleasure of listening to. An episode is about to start right now. An episode is about to start right now. The theme song is fading out because an episode is... So I was going to go outside and record this um, so I could talk at a reasonable volume. Took my dog out and I have to admit, I was a little spooked out just because it was so dark and so late and I already had the heebie-jeebies from just finishing today's movie. So I decided to come back in, turn the lights on, hang out with my dog, and record. Here I am 
in my mother-in-law's sewing slash computer room. Um, just saw the Red Sox win a game. It's on in the background. And um, I'm ready to talk Annabelle creation. Ladies and gentlemen, I enjoyed this movie a lot. And I'm going to spoil it for you. If you're not part of the uh, Conjuring Annabelle universe, then this may not mean anything to you and you don't care. And if you are part of it and you haven't seen this one yet, this will spoil it for you. So pause, go watch it. Go watch all the movies I've watched so far. Conjuring, Annabelle, and Conjuring 2. Come back and watch Annabelle Creation. Ready? Okay, wait. I'll give you five, four, three, two, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Annabelle Creation. So where we last saw Annabelle, she was in, well, she was in the cabinet at the Warrens. That's in Conjuring. But in the Annabelle movie, we were back in the, I want to say late 60s, and Annabelle was a doll that was in a, a family's home. These hippie cult people broke in. Some they, they did a blood sacrifice. The blood got into the doll, and the doll all of a sudden had a demon in it, yada, 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 tried to steal soul, and um, it ended up getting... Um, uh, I can't remember her name. Great actress ended up getting her soul at the end and the doll was taken and eventually sold to some a mother who gave it to a nurse who gave it to the Warrens. And that's how we got to the conjuring. But who made the doll? Where did the doll come from? Was the doll always normal before it was in the Annabelle movie? The answer is no. Who made the doll? Anthony LaPaglia. I mean, we don't see enough Anthony LaPaglia. And he's so gruff and underspoken in this movie that I feel like it took a while for me to realize, oh, he's using his regular Australian accent. For years, I had no idea that he was Australian. And it's jarring to hear him talk with an Australian accent. I think there was... He did something once where he... Spoken Australian. I thought he was putting on an affect. And I think he was supposed to be pretending to put on an affect for the movie. Put on the accent, you know, like like that he was pretending to be Australian. I think. For some reason. But, um, no, the dude is Australian. And, uh, he can pull off that New York cop accent pretty fine. Pretty, pretty fine. But in this, he plays Mr. Mullins, a doll maker, who has the perfect family um, a wife and a doll, and a doll, <laughs> a wife and a daughter who they call B. B is her nickname. We know, we know, we know what her full name is. It's Annabelle. And they, the guy makes these dolls. He made a doll. He basically made a doll that is the Annabelle doll, but it was a, a one of a hundred. So he was supposed to be making a hundred of these dolls. I don't think he did. He seemed to stop because one day after church, the Mullins family was coming home and there was, they were stalled on the side of the road and the little girl ran out into the road when a car went by. And this was 
like frightening how they did this. Usually you see a kid run into the road. They show a car driving closer. Like, like you see the car, not the kid. And it's just implied. And this didn't show any violence, but it was like up to the second of this, this kid running in the road, the car coming right up to the precipice of, of the collision and it cut away. And it was like, I was like, what? It was jarring. It, um, now this uh, movie was not directed by James Wan. It was directed by a filler by the name of, I'm going to tell you right now, David F. Sandberg. And I believe this was his first, um, feature, but guess what? He went on to direct Shazam. So he's in the, uh, comic book movie world. It's the DC comic book movie world. So you never know where that's going. But Shazam, I guess, did good. So I was going to try to see it this year. I didn't. I don't know if I'm going to wait until next year, but I'm going to see Shazam. That's not what this is about. So the girl's killed in an accident. And basically the next thing we see is 12 years later. 12 years later, the first thing we see is a, like a headstone or a, um, not a grave, but a, um, like a monument for where the girl died. It said B. <clears throat> had some toys and stuff around it and a van goes by and the van is the sister of the, you know, wailing lost wayward girl. Basically it's an orphanage. There's a priest, there's a nun, and there are six orphan girls from this orphanage who had to be shipped because their orphanage was closing. But for some reason, the Mullins opened their home up to be their new orphanage. I don't know why. That's the one thing I wasn't sure. And I'll talk about it because it kind of comes up a little bit. Um, now, this family has been distraught for 12 years. Um, the father is now very gruff. He's more gruff than ever. And the mother, we don't see at all. Like, she's like, she stays in her room. She doesn't do anything. She had an accident. Um, she can't really move. That's all we're told. There's these kids move in. There's two older girls, two middle girls, and two younger girls. And the two younger girls are pretty much the main girls of this movie. Uh, they're close. They're very friendly. They're like, we need, we need to get adopted together. We need to be sisters. And, um, ooh, I wonder if that's going to come up later. And, uh, I'll, I won't, I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, and one of the girls uh, is has polio symptoms. I don't know if it's polio... Um, you know, like if it, she had polio and this is the results, I don't know how it works. Um, but she had the braces on her legs and she had crutches. So she, it was hard for her to get around and the other girls didn't really care that she had crutches. They just wanted to go enjoy their, you know, the new home. They thought this place was humongous. They couldn't believe how nice it was. It had a TV. The TV didn't work, but the radio still worked. And, um, Mr. Mellons brings them in. All the girls are going to live there and the nun's going to live there. And I thought, okay, this is a, a young, Hispanic, attractive nun. Something bad's going to happen between her and Anthony LaPaglia. It didn't. I was glad they didn't do that. Um, the, I'm recording. Man, if I wasn't recording, I'd be so pissed. Um, 
the girls like to go trap, you know, running around, checking out what's going on. Um, of course, the girl with the polio couldn't, and she's creeping around the house. They're like, you know, this is where Mrs. Mullins is. Oh, you can't go in there. I mean, his accent wasn't that strong, but it was there. Uh, you know, just leave, leave her be. Um, they knew those were Mrs. Mullins. They knew she was sickly. And there was also a room that said B, age seven, age, I think eight, and then it stopped. And one of the girls tried to go in that room, and Mr. Mullins is like, don't go in there. It's, it remains locked. I don't know if I talked in an Australian accent the whole time, but I'm going to every time I do, Anthony LeBaglio. So, um, so we have the setup. The girls are in this house, um, and don't go in this room. Now, my thinking is, the Mullins knowing what the Mullins know, why the hell did they bring girls into this home? My thinking is, they thought it would be good for the parents to have kids around, and they thought they were safe by what was going on in that house, but they weren't. You see, creepy things are starting to happen, and the the girl with the um, the girl with the polio. Other girls are running around playing, going to do things. She's kind of stuck in the house, can't really do much. She can get up the stairs by this wheelchair kind of thing that goes up and down. Um, like, it, you know, those chairs that are like attached to, and have a ramp that go up and down um, on a railing, kind of like you, you saw them in Gremlins. You've seen them like they were big, they were like you see them on infomercials sometime. Um, so there's one of those that she could use. The the guy put it in for his wife, but she doesn't need it because she lives downstairs now and I'm yawning because it's 11 o'clock. So while they're exploring, she kind of um, hears things and she hears things on the other side of the room, on the other side of the door of the room she's not supposed to go in. So guess what she does? She goes in the room. The door is unlocked all of a sudden. She goes in. She sees... Um, the, all these toys, and then she sees a dollhouse, and inside the dollhouse she sees a replica of her of the room she's in, and inside the closet she sees a key, and then she uses the key on the real closet, and inside the closet with this that is lined with all these pages of you don't know what they are yet, is Annabelle the creepy doll, or the doll may not be called Annabelle still then, but there's the doll, now. She's freaked out by this thing, and then the doll the doll comes up under. She covers the doll with a sheet. The doll and the sheet come up, and it's kind of a scary thing. But the sheet, you know, doesn't. It's the sheet walks towards her, and when the sheet falls away, there's nothing there. So the, all the scary things that you see in these Conjuring movies start happening. You know, um, something gets thrown, something comes back, noises, radio records turn on. All these things happen, and they seem to be focusing on this girl. Um, but the other girls did have some scary experiences. They thought they saw the mother, um, the one night at dinner, the door opened and she could see Mrs. Mullins. And she said she looked like a doll because she had an eye mask. I didn't see the eye mask. Then you didn't see until later, but then, um, they like the girls were playing. The older girls were 
hanging out under a sheet and then a monster came up and, uh, you know, almost scared them and they thought it was the mother and, you know, so think creepy things are happening to them. Um, I mean, I, I can go on and on, but am I going to talk about the whole movie? I mean, really it starts getting crazy when the girl keeps getting, um, uh, spooked out. And then at one point she tries to go down the, um, chair on the steps and gets sucked into the sky. And I thought, oh my God, is she out of the movie? And then a, like a few minutes later, boom, she falls down. I think she busts both her legs. Now she's in a wheelchair. So I don't think she's going to get out of this wheelchair. Um, at one point she tells the nurse, the, 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 the nurse, the nun that, um, you know, something, de- I, I, you know how you always say this, we feel the presence of God. Well, I feel something else, another presence. It's an evil presence. I think it's coming after me because I'm the weakest. And the nun's like, you know, the weakest has nothing to do with how your body is. It's how you mentally you're weak and you are not the weakest. Uh, and that made her feel a little better. And then the nun took her outside in the sun. And um, she was like, the sun feels good. This is nice. And you're, you're in the middle of the day in the yard. No problem. Right? Wrong. All of a sudden you see something pushing her and it looks like a, 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 a nun, but it's also like a scary nun, not the nun from the conjuring two or the nun movie or this movie. I'll get there. But the nun, uh, the less, Oh, boom. Nonetheless, um, throws her into a barn inside the barn. She hides under a, uh, a table and, uh, under steps and then under there is the little demon girl she saw earlier. Oh, I mean, other things happened. She saw the demon, the girl in the room and the girl turned and is like, I want your soul. I didn't have an action though. And chases her out of the room. Um, and so now this girl gets up to her, crawls on top of her and spews all her black, like poisonous goo into her mouth. So guess what? This girl is now fully evil. So, um, one thing is the nun, the, the young nun had a picture of other nuns and if the is like, Oh, you, you know, these girls, you're like, yes, I know her, her and her. And he goes, what about her? And you don't see it at first, but he twists the, he, when he moves the photo a little, you see a, a, a like a, a silhouette come out of the shadow and it's the demon nun from conjuring two. It's the nun from the nun. And it's like, Oh, there's the tie in to the next movie. Um, she's like, oh, I don't know who she is. Okay, so as we were saying, the main girl is now possessed. Um, her best friend thinks the doll has to do with it. Now she carries the doll with her everywhere. Oh, crap. The main girl's not possessed. Um, Anthony Paglia comes home, and he's like, okay, shoot. And he's not, like, freaked out. He, he heard that the girl went in the in her daughter's room, and they, there's something about a doll. Oh, the little girl told her. You know, uh, the little friend said, you know, she went in the room. She wasn't supposed to, and she saw the doll. He's like, what? She wasn't supposed to do that. He runs into the house. He grabs a cross that he, was, that he made. He shows it. The little girl walks in and then turns into a demon and basically breaks Anthony Paglia's hand and kills him right then and there. Um, the nurse, the nun is like, I don't keep calling her nurse. The nun is like, enough's enough. She goes into the Mrs. Mullen's room and is like, we need to talk. Mrs. Mullen has half a face, um, like a half a face sculpture to show that, like, to cover some monstrosity. Like, if you saw Boardwalk Empire, 
there was a face covering a guy who got shot. This is very similar. It was like porcelain drawn, probably made by the, the doll maker to make her feel whole. Um, and she t- starts to say, when we lost our daughter, we prayed to anything that would bring her back to us. And our prayers were answered. And they said, you know, they, it, we started having these visions and senses and we could see her and the doll, it kept saying, can we go into the doll? Can we go into the, you know, can I go into the doll so I can be with you? Kept asking for permission and finally we did. Um, but it started getting scary. Oh, and then, uh, one day the, uh, creature showed up or the daughter showed up and turned into a monster at a tea party, turned into a monster and scratched her mother's face off. Basically, um, they had to get her soul back. They called the contact of the church. So she probably got possessed. They con they got her soul back, but they, um, they took the doll and they hid it into that room, locked it away, covered the room with Bible passages and blessed the room, consecrated it and locked her away. Why they didn't, why the church didn't take the dollar's time. I don't know, but the church did consecrate the room and throw, you know, holy water and stuff. And the, the doll was locked away safely. They thought now, the nun is looking because the nun finds Anthony Paglia dead, runs up, looks for the girl and the little girl who had polio, who had, who, um, whose legs were, were snapped when she fell or was thrown from the stairs. Now she stood up perfectly and she could walk and she had a knife and she started terrorizing them while they're terrorizing them. The other girls are outside getting terrorized by a de- the demon, um, so the demons in the doll, in the girl now and terrorizing a scarecrow and just a lot of spooky things and spooky jumps going on. Right. So at one point the nun's like, I'm sorry, I had to do this. The girl had yellow eyes. She was fully possessed. She takes the ro- rosaries, throws them around the girl's neck with the doll, throws them in that closet with the, um, with the, all the Bible passages, basically the, the sacred, holy closet closes the door and is like, no, let me out of here. Let me out of here. They run out of the house. All the light bulbs explode. All these things happen. Um, and everything calms down, but they don't go back in the house. They call the cops. The cops come, the cops move the bureau out of the way. They open the door. There's the doll. And there's a hole cut in the back of the room. And the little girl, Janice is gone. I was like, Ooh, that's spooky. I wonder if she comes back. And the, the priest is like, um, anyone, you know, the, this house is clean. And they're like, what about the doll? Oh, the doll is just a conduit. It is completely clean. And now that the demon has gone, the doll is perfectly normal. Right. Um, how do you, you know, does, um, do any of you want it? And now they take, they take it and throw it right into the, uh, the police, the cop car and the, and it drives off. And that's the last time we see it. Until the con until uh, Annabelle, where I guess that um, that doctor knows how to get things, and I wonder how did he get it from the police office? Did we see you go to, oh, drive off with the police? Maybe a friend. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll see that. So the that's the end. It fades away, and I'm thinking, okay, that's it. Then it comes, fades down again, and we're at a new orphanage. Oh, and I'm thinking, oh, this is the new orphanage where all the girls live. And then you see these two people walk into the orphanage. And I recognized the silhouette of the man right away. And I was like, oh my God, they're doing this. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. This couple goes in, walks through the, 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 
the um, the orphanage, go in, goes into the room to meet the girl they're going to adopt, and they turn, and there's little blonde Janice. No more polio, broken le- no broken legs, big smile on her face, and they and the nurse the nun says to them, "You want to meet your you want to meet the uh, Hodge, Hodgkins or whatever the name is Hodges," and she goes, "Hi, I'm Annabelle." And they adopt her. They adopt Annabelle. Okay. Then it shows a a house photo of her, a photo of her at the house, a photo of her a little older, a photo of her a little older, and then it says 12 years later, another 12 years. When Annabelle died, the little girl, 12 years had passed until um, until the girls from the orphanage showed up. Now another 12 years had passed since she was adopted and said she was Annabelle. Yes. Yes. Then we went right to the beginning of the original Annabelle movie where the where their daughter Annabelle came in with that cult dude and killed them. Then they show the neighbors waking up. They they brought back the actress whose also name is Annabelle and the, and the husband is like wake up. They show them kind of cross going over to check on what's going on. Fade to black. But when they go over in the original movie, they go over to see what's going on. And remember, Annabelle goes into the house and says, I like your dolls. Because she's seeing Annabelle. The, that Something brought that doll back to her. That's my belief. And then her, her blood went into the doll again. And the doll was repossessed by Annabelle. The same Annabelle that Cup possessed last time, I mean, in the orphanage, when she wasn't Annabelle, she was Janice. Now she's Annabelle or possessed as Annabelle. It's all the demon. It's all the demon pretending to be uh, Annabelle, pretending to be the doll. And I just love how that, how Annabelle creation kind of segued into Annabelle. It was a prequel to Annabelle and just the way they did that, how that little girl all along was evil. Nothing they could have done would have prevented what happened. She got to that cult. She was able to summon a demon again. Bring the demon back. Awesome. Awesome. That that made me go from liking this movie a lot to loving it. Right at the end, just like, oh, that was awesome. And then we go back into the closet, and there's the Annabelle doll. And... I don't know why it's back in the closet because the police took it, but it was just for the creative effect. And it shows the pic, it shows the kind of the camera zoom up on it. And you figure nothing's going to happen. And then right at the last second, the head moves just a little and, and we go to, we go to the final credits. So, um, again, this movie was really well done. Just another good way, another way of having a haunted house and scares and jumps all tied into these demons, all tied into this doll that is a conduit of demons. Um, but the way they tied this one to the next one was superb. Very, I was, I'm very high on that. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I'm done talking about this. I have 45 minutes now to finish my posts and pictures and everything. And I have nothing done. I got to get it all done right now. So, Follow me on Instagram, Geek Mentality. Follow me on Twitter, Geek Mentality. Follow me on Facebook, Fans Not Experts. Go to fansnotexperts.com to find every 
single movie I've ever done in the last six years. I'm at my in-laws, but we're going home tomorrow. So probably watching another movie tomorrow night. It might be another in this series. If not, it, well, you know what? There's a really solid chance it is the next one. So until then, my friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for the tweet likes and the retweets. And until tomorrow, here is, oh my God. Like now I'm afraid. And, and, oh, one real, one quick thing. Um, after I was done, my wife opened the door and all I saw was a silhouette and I was like freaked out. I was like, is that you? Is that you? It, it was her. It wasn't a, a scary ghost. Okay. Now I'm done. Here is my theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. Cause I'm kinda funny and awesome I think that I'm worth your time And I'm kinda handsome My mom says Please listen and Please subscribe At least listen to this episode Fans not experts